Please be seated. Oh man, I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel like it's been a month since we've been here together. I don't know, it's just me. So last week we were all, a lot of us were up at, at family camp, uh, which was super fun. Uh, but it's that kind of fun where like all the swimming and boating and uh, jumping off of like the flying squirrel and other things, it makes, it, it, it hurts. Like it, it hurts and I'm sore and was so happy to be home. Uh, but it was... <laughs> So happy to go back to work where I could just sit in my nice, cool office and recover. But it was a good time. We had a, had a ton of fun. And then the week before uh, uh, family camp, we were all out in Esparto. So if you don't know, uh, Calvary's kind of a multi-site church. We have this one here in Woodland and then another one uh, out there in Esparto. And once a year, we take a trip out there just to worship all together with the first service and the second service and the Esparto service. And so we did that two weeks ago. And, and that's always uh, a lot of fun too. And at that service, I had an opportunity just to talk a little bit about uh, what the Bible has to say about our walk with God. Uh, the Bible describes this process of growing and maturing and sanctifying as a walk with God. And I talked a little bit about what that walk with God entails uh, it entails making sure that we're on the right path, right? A path that God himself has set before us, a path that has guardrails that he puts around so that we don't wander off to the left or to the right. It's a, it's a path that, that brings us into the presence of God, which is, which is so awesome to think that God not, not only provides a way, but wants us to enter into his presence, to be near him. He doesn't want us wandering down any other path, but to be on the one that brings us closer and closer to him. And so I talked about how, how uh, we as, as church leaders, as pastors, and as, as a church board have been spending some time talking about how do we help you guys better pursue that walk with God. And so I want to talk a little bit about that uh, this morning and, and next week. Every now and then, somebody will ask me what the hardest part of being a pastor is. What's the hardest part of the job? Uh, is it the people? It's the people, right? All the, like the messy issues and the drama and the, and the sin and the complicated things that they deal with, right? No, it's, it's, not, it's not the people. Uh, even... even Though people are sometimes messy, I kind of knew that before I started uh, from personal experience because I'm a people, uh, and, and I, and I kind of like people, especially you people, uh, so that's, that's definitely not the hardest part of the job. Is it the administration stuff, you know, all the, the things you have to do with like budgets and finances and parking lot remodels and all that other uh, resource management stuff? And for sure, that is not my favorite part of the job, but that's, it's not really the hardest part either. Is it, is it having to come up with a sermon every week? That must be really hard, having to like come up with a new sermon every single week. And no, like sitting and studying God's word and learning stuff and then sharing it with you, that's like on the top of my list of my favorite parts of this job. That's not, that's not hard at all. Now, if, if you've been around Calvary for a while, you've probably heard me talk about one of the things that's the hardest thing for me. The hardest part of being a pastor for me is fighting 
this, this constant inclination that we all have individually and, and as a whole church to become ingrown and stagnant. It is just so easy to become apathetic or complacent or comfortable because we all want to be comfortable, right? Uh, we all want to be settled. We want uh, the people around us to be people that we know. And we want to talk about things that are comfortable. And we want to sing songs that are familiar. And we want to get things just the way that we like them and then leave them there. And that is certainly true for me. I like a nice, comfortable rut. But here in a church, that gravitational pull towards comfort and familiarity quickly morphs into, into stagnation and makes us become more and more ingrown and closed off. And so I feel like I have to constantly push against that. I have to battle against this apathy and complacency in my own heart and in our entire church. Now listen, God definitely wants us to be at peace. At peace with Him and in peace in this world. But, but He doesn't want us to get too comfortable, I don't think. There is this lifetime of sanctification and growth and maturity that, that's required. And that process never ends. Not, not on this side of heaven. And so, I don't think God wants us just to gather together in this holy huddle with other believers, but to be pointed outward, to share the gospel, to welcome others in, to show hospitality, to make disciples. It's part of the reason why we do things like, like plant a church in Esparto. Who would plant a church in Esparto? Why would you even... We want to be moving. It's part of the reason why I do things like, like leave my office and, and go volunteer to help out at Woodland Christian so that I can interact with other people. And it's, it's part of the motivation behind all the work that our board has been doing over the past nine months or so to hammer out a new purpose statement for Calvary Baptist Church. We, we want to make one that clearly explains what it means to have a growing, uh, maturing, progressing walk with God. And the hope is that, that by doing that, that'll help all of us keep moving forward and it'll help us as, as a church and church leaders to do a better job of equipping and, and encouraging you in that process. So here's the new mission statement. It's on the back of your bulletin and it's not that complicated. It's pretty simple. Calvary's purpose is to help people discover Jesus and to worship and grow in their faith and to serve and to lead others. Yeah, pr pretty simple. The book that helped us uh, process through this over the last few months was this, this book titled Simple Church. I'll be honest, I probably got it just for the title because that seems like a good idea. Let's keep it, keep it simple. And in the book, they, they encourage uh, churches to have a purpose statement that also reflects their process. And so uh, this purpose statement has built into it uh, a process that we see and that we want to encourage you through. 
First and foremost, we want to help people discover Jesus, right? It's kind of the whole reason why we're here. We want to share the gospel in the services and in our songs, but also we want to help you to know how to share the gospel while you're at work and while you're at school and while you're at home. And we know that there are people who are hungry to know more about God and to get plugged into to worshiping Him at church. People who maybe haven't grown up going to Woodland Christian School or going to Awana or being a part of a church family and, and they, they need to know more about what it means to, to follow and worship Jesus. And next, we also want to help people worship. That, that, that's, that's done uh, largely through Sunday morning church services, but certainly not limited to Sunday mornings. But there are some significant things that come out of this time right now in this place when we all gather together to focus and worship on God that you can't find anywhere else. So we want to encourage people to come and worship God at church. And next, we also want to help people grow in their faith. And, and the main program that we have for that here at Calvary is our uh, community group Bible studies. Years ago, when Calvary was first like developing more of a robust home Bible study ministry, uh, I, I opted for the, the term community group because I liked the idea of it being about a community together with uh, each other. And Pastor Allen's recommendation as we've been processing through this new purpose statement is that we change the name from community group to growth group in order to jive better with our, the purpose statement here and uh, and because we want to express this desire, we want people to grow closer to God and closer to others. And, uh, that makes sense to me. But whatever you call it, really the essence is the same. It's studying God's Word together, digging deeper into the Bible, and understanding together how we apply it to our lives. And God uses that process to help us grow. Along with, with the growth groups, we also want to help people grow in their faith through one-on-one -on -one discipleship, through our men's and women's ministries, uh, through our children's ministry and our youth ministry, and other things that are centered around the Word of God. Because here at Calvary, that's always been central. The, God's Word is our, our foundation. Growth. We think, we hope, we want, we want that to lead to acts of service. We see that clearly described in Scripture. God's given each one of us spiritual gifts. He's created th things for us to do beforehand that we should uh, do. There's work that we have, opportunities to serve that God's given us. And those acts of service help to build up the body of Christ. But then we don't want it to just stop there with serving, although that's important. We, want, we also want to help you become people who lead. Lead in the church or lead in your home or maybe lead others to Jesus Christ or lead others into a deeper relationship with Him. Uh, maybe even lead others to discover who Jesus is for the first time. I think, I think sometimes the places that we get stuck most often are between worship and grow. And we can go to church, 
come to church for, for a long time. And, and coming to church, you're going to learn and you're going to worship and you're going to grow on Sunday mornings. But if you've never really uh, dig into a, a Bible study or a growth group and, and learn more with others who are helping to keep you accountable, eventually we end up getting a little bit stagnant. And sometimes people get stuck between growth and service. Because we, we can do a lot of things that will help to, to feed our soul without ever really reaching out and helping and serving others. But, but maybe, I don't know, maybe here at Calvary, the, the majority of the, the hang-up is between serving and leading. I think sometimes there's this mental block where we could do things where we're helping others, but seeing ourselves, understanding ourselves as leaders sometimes can be hard to do. At some point in your spiritual growth and development, I want you to be at that place where you're leading a Bible study or leading people in discipleship or leading your family closer to God or leading people into a saving faith in Jesus. And I, listen, I'm totally cool if, if you just love the worship part. You love coming here and, and singing songs and my awesome sermons, and that's just great. Uh, but hopefully, at some point, you can grow deeper. And I... And I I, I love the fact that so many of you are involved in one of our Bible studies. I know that I look forward to the one that I've led every week. It's, it's a source of joy. But at some point, we've got to grow past that. Keep moving forward. Listen, most, I, I, just, I don't want you as individuals to get stagnant in your walk with God. And I don't want us as a church to get lazy about encouraging you to keep moving forward to whatever that next step is that God has for you. And so, so this morning, I want to just take a, a, a moment to remind us of the importance of two of the things on that list, worshiping and growing. If you open your Bibles with me to Colossians in chapter 3, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, favorite parts of this whole book, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, I, just, I want to read the rest of it, though. i got to try and... The whole thing is good. Go back and read. Start at verse 1. And just read. It's, it's all awesome. But starting at verse 16, it says, Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Now, so obviously, the regular meeting together of the church body is extremely important. It's hard to do some of the things that Paul encourages us to do if we don't gather together. Again, the Bible encourages us not to give up the assembling together. The local church is something that was established by Jesus Christ Himself. It was the passion of Paul. It's this touch point between God and man. and It's where we come together to worship God and where God comes to strengthen His children. The value of this time is tremendously important. 
The singular reason for our existence as human beings is to glorify God, right? And enjoy Him forever. As created beings, we are created for a purpose. He, he made us to praise and glorify Him. And most of our problem as human beings comes from uh, believing Satan's lie that we're created for our own pleasure and purpose. That everything revolves around us and that that everything that God does is to help make us happy, which robs God of the glory that only He deserves. So the church stands as a community of believers who understand that our purpose on earth is to worship God. And so we come here not primarily to have all our problems solved or to meet our own needs, but to give God the worship that we know He deserves. We, we come here to do that thing that we were created by God to do. And so there is no more meaningful, no more fulfilling, no more eternally significant thing that we can do as believers or as human beings than to worship God. It's somehow, I think over the past maybe 50 or 60 years or so, uh, the, the purpose of the church has been a, a little bit confused maybe. It's started to become more about meeting people's felt needs, making sure that everyone is, is comfortable. And that, that focus, the problem is it has a tendency to, to sh shift our eyes downward and inward and, instead of focusing our eyes more on God. And, and, and the intentions behind that are, are noble. The desire is simply to get more people to come into church. But unfortunately, the, the end result is uh, creating this weird consumer mentality in the hearts of many churchgoers. And I, I think maybe it's sometimes we lose sight of the fact that church is, is for God, not so much for us. Uh, one of my favorite pastors wrote th this article a few years back. Let me read part of it to you. He writes, Worship is not for us. It is for God. Worship is not a carefully choreographed program prepared and presented for the audience. The truth is, God is the audience and we're the participants. Worship is something that we offer to God. The Scripture is clear that God seeks our worship. In John 4, 23, Jesus said, Genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, and in truth, for such are the very people whom the Father is seeking as His worshipers. Since worship is for God and not for us, then it seems that we need to stop concerning ourselves so much with what we want and more, uh, give more attention to what God wants. What kind of worship is it that God is seeking? First, God seeks those who worship Him in spirit. Worship from the heart. We tend to focus on the outward aspects of worship. The style, the quality of the music, how well the Scripture is articulated, even the decor of the house of worship. <laughs> Those things can all be to our liking and our worship can still miss the mark. 
Lord said in Isaiah 29:13, "This people draw near me with their mouth and their lips. Do they honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me?" Our love for God can be expressed through many styles of music and worship, but if what we say doesn't come from the heart, it fails to qualify as the kind of worship God seeks. Second, God seeks those who worship Him in truth. Worship is intelligent, not just emotional. If it pleases God, it arises out of the true knowledge and appreciation of God's nature as revealed in Scripture. Only those who know Him can truly worship Him. Genuine worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. That was written by uh, Pastor Henry Tucker, my, my predecessor. And this article is so good because in it, uh, Henry shoots straight through this worship fog and gets right to the heart of the matter. Worship is not for us, it's for God. We don't come to church to watch a show. We are the show. And God is the audience. And Tom doesn't stand up here to sing songs to us like he's putting on a concert. He's he's just part of the musicians that help us all draw into a worship of God. Again, you don't come to listen to my great oratory skills. You come to hear the heart of God as we open up His Word. The worship service is first and foremost about God. And my my strong desire is that every single one of us would understand that reality. That every week we would be looking forward to coming into this place to give God the praise and glory that He deserves. That every week our salvation is so sweet that we can't wait to get to church so that we can sing to Him about it. There's just something so encouraging and uplifting and empowering to be in a room full of people who love Jesus and, and aren't ashamed to show it. If you go back to Colossians chapter 3, did you catch the two things that Paul uh, refers to in that passage? One of them is music, and that's the easy one to, to see calls us to uplift one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But the instruction begins with the words, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. One of the primary components to our time of worship is God's Word. Paul isn't just encouraging us to come and listen to a sermon every week, but to allow the very Word of God uh, to to abide in us, to, to take root in our hearts. The word picture that Paul offers is of people who are allowing the Bible to take up permanent residence in their heart. that that we would become so uh, familiar with it and devoted to it that it permeates all that we are. Everything that we say, the way we think, 
A true and genuine worship of God begins with the Word. There can be absolutely no worship of God apart from time in the Bible because worship isn't just about feelings or blind faith. Worship is, is this real, true focus on a real, true God. And the more we learn about God and who He is and what He's done through His Word, the, the more we have to worship Him for. All worship starts there. And I'll, I'll even go so far as to say, listen, if the Word of Christ is not dwelling richly in you, then man, it's going to be really hard for you to worship Him. If you've not really any interest in understanding God or reading His Word or applying His truth to your life, then your church attendance will only ever be about you. It'll be something that you do to ease your guilty conscience for all the things that you did last week. or It'll be a place where you can come and see your friends. Or a place where you come and listen to good music. But it won't be worship. I think this is why sometimes people have a tough time singing at first. I know when I first started going to church, I had a difficult time with the singing part. But the more I understood who God is and what He had done for me, I couldn't help but sing praises to Him. I couldn't keep it in. Psalm 92. The psalmist writes, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to Your name, O Most High, to declare Your loving kindness in the morning and Your faithfulness by night. With the ten-stringed lute, with the harp, with resounding music upon the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the work of your hands. The more time we spend in the Word of God, the deeper and sweeter our worship of Him will be. It's Sunday is a great start. I promise that when you come into this place, we're going to open up God's Word and we're going to dig deep and understand it more. But hopefully that's not the only place, the only time that you're spending in the Word of God. Again, that's part of the reason why we want there to be growth. We want these, these growth groups to be places where you can go at some time during the week and dig in even deeper and spend more time talking about how do we apply the things that we've heard and how do we understand who God is even better? To, to enhance this time of worship that we have on Sunday mornings. This act of worship begins with the Word. It's expressed through music. I, I like how in this text, music has a couple of functions. It, it teaches us and it glorifies God. And I'm not exactly sure how that works, uh, but there's something about singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that, that helps people stay on track with God. When we're all together singing, it helps us to dig deeper into a relationship with Him. And for that to happen, we got to be singing the right kind of songs, right? Take songs that come right out of Scripture, like the psalms. 
Take songs that teach something about the character and splendor of God like hymns do. Take singing songs that are all about what God has done for us and the joy that comes from this new life that we have in Him like so many of the newer spiritual songs do. And I appreciate how, how Tom strives to choose music every single week that involves one or more of those criteria. Again, ultimately, worship is for God. Paul says here in Colossians, we sing with thankfulness in our hearts to God. Music helps us to communicate those feelings of love and appreciation and affection. Right? There's not a mom in this room that hasn't sung some kind of songs to their baby, right? Usually the word poopy face is involved and you just make up songs you, you, because there's so much love in your heart. There's just something in our makeup as human beings we sing when we're joyful. All Paul is doing here is reminding us to sing with that kind of joy in our hearts to the Almighty God. Express those emotions to Him. Let God know how we feel. The, the key to effective worship is keeping our eye on the object of our worship, which is what I, I love so much about Pastor Henry's article. It reminded us that the object of our worship is God and our focus needs to stay on Him. Uh, that's about covers it, right? So worship involves singing and uh, Bible study. There, there's one other thing though, right? There's one more thing that Paul mentions in that passage there in Colossians. That, that worship is not merely this set of activities. It's something else. It's a, it's a way of life. Look, look at verse 17. Whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, which pretty much covers it. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So again, worship is not merely a Sunday morning activity. It is a way of living. It, it should affect us every day of our lives. It's like, it's like being a Giants fan. You, you can't be a Giants fan on Sunday morning and then wear a Dodgers hat all week long. That would be horrible, right? be confusing. Worship is not merely this thing we do once a week. We can't sing to God and worship Him on Sunday and then live like the devil the rest of the week, right? That's not how it works. I apologize for connecting wearing a Dodgers hat to living like the devil, but... Uh, <laughs> and Paul offers here the, the solution to a simple God-honoring life. Whatever you do, with what you say, with your actions, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that has a thankful heart where we're giving thanks to God the Father. And, and I think that's the point where, where uh, uh, the, the Bible studies, the coming together, the growth groups help us with this. They're designed to help us understand God's Word better, but also to help us better apply uh, what, what we're learning and, and better uh, walk with God all week long and to keep us accountable and to help us through that. One of my favorite books about growth group, like it was our, it was our textbook as we were designing these things years and years ago called Sticky Church. In it, he has this line. He says, as for wise counsel, a warm hug, 
or a swift kick in the rear, those things are rather hard to self-administer. That's so true. That's why we need other people around us to help us give us that hug or that kick in the rear, whatever it is that we need to keep us moving forward. That's really just a paraphrase of Proverbs 27, 17, right? As, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need each other as a part of that process of helping to grow and mature. And, and it's, it's just more fun when we do that together. We need to come together to focus on God and to worship Him. We need to come together to dig deeper into God's Word, to help each other live our lives for Him. We're, we're never meant to be little islands. That's not healthy. We get weird when we're off by ourselves. Even introverts need to come out of our shell and connect with others. Jesus knew what He was doing when He created the church. And it is a huge blessing. Thank you, God, for the church. Thank you for giving us each other. Lord, thank You for the encouragement that we have in Your Word to continue to walk with You daily. Dig deeper into our understanding of Your Word and to worship You with our whole heart. God, we want to do that. We want to know You more. We want to grow closer to You. We don't want to get stagnant. We... We want to keep moving forward. So Lord, help us to understand what that looked like. Help us to understand what our next step is, each of us individually. And give us the courage to take it through Your Spirit. And again, God, we thank You for what You've given us. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Jesus Christ who has saved us and sealed us. And we thank You for the church. God, may You be worshipped and glorified here in this place, through all of our words and all of our deeds, everything that we do, through the songs that we sing. God, may our whole life just point others to You. You are such a good, wonderful God. Thank You for giving us so many reasons to sing Your praises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.